on. Here we go, Hagen. Happy Wednesday. So hope you have your sunshade shadies and some sunscreen. It's very toasty outside on this beautiful Wednesday. Coming to you live from the Sadlamar Studios. You have the RO streaming. Because there is no streaming without us. Teaming. Two teaming? Okay. <laughs> I said streaming the first time. You didn't say building. Oh, I didn't. Oh, because nice. streaming and teaming is more of a rhyme. Nice. <laughs> we'll get it next time. It's our first time. Uh, how are you, Hagen? I'm good. It is hot today. But you know what? I took the car that had AC today, so I wasn't as hot oh, as I normally wow. am. Yeah. For those, it's a long sleeve shirt. For those that don't know, Hagen doesn't have a car that has AC for oh, the I last do. three years. I had two. One does well, not. He doesn't use it. So... Because we can't take too many miles on it, so it's it's a whole it's complicated a whole ordeal. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm glad you got to have a cool car ride. Mm. It's the little things. It is. It really is. Well, beyond the little things, what big things are you working on in R and D? Well, there's a lot. A lot of the big things just kind of ended for us. Oh, so we're st we're finding new big things to explore. Like what? Can you can you share some well, of these? Well, let me first go back. Um, we had the Hilti Robotics Challenge that just oh, ended. Yes. If you haven't seen the announcement, that was last week's episode. We had Todd Wynn on. Congrats again to Vanessa Miller, our Ooh, grand champion. Go, Vanessa! It was Hilti who chose her idea as the big one, so that's very exciting. And then we had the RO champions, if you will, uh, Nick Vargo and Natalie Sandoval. So congrats to, to them as well. Clap, clap, clap. Clap, 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 and we still have the AI construction powered challenge That's right. going on um, until June 30th. So get your ideas in. Yeah, plenty of time. I have a new idea today. Did you really? Yeah. I thought of a new idea as well. Wow. Mm. Yes, we might have conversed about that idea. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but beyond that, we're, uh, we're, I mentioned the ideal client stuff a couple of times ago. So we're looking at, you know, kind of the, the clients we've had really good relationships with and why we had good relationships with them. We're kind of trying to do a data dri driven approach to that. That's kind of a, a big thing. Um, and then James, Donald Holmes, and I. Our Donald Holmes. Our James Donald oh Holmes. Goodness. We will be venturing up to Dallas tomorrow. Um, Ooh, road trip. Yeah, it'll be fun. Meeting with Todd and um, just seeing the folks up there and seeing if they, there's anything we can do to help them. So. Nice. That'll be fun. It will be. Um, car raid with James. like. Oh, my gosh. Six hours with him. Again, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's like getting con candy at a fair. Yep. Local fair. It. They want that at a parking lot. Uh, anywho, what do you got going on? What does RO have going on? Uh, can I come some? We got some cool numbers this week. Did we? Uh, yeah, numbers. I'm going to read them off so I don't mess them up. Okay. Uh, one of the most exciting ones that ENR, you know what ENR stands for? Mm hmm. You do? You want to share? Entertainment news? No, I don't remember. Engineering news record. Uh, Is that so it? the ENR top 400 has ranked RO number 144. Nationally. Nationally. So this is kind of interesting if you think about it, because if you know, RO is regionally operated only in Texas. Right, we only build in Texas. Well, the fact that we're ranked nationally, that's kind of a big deal, Hagen. Be bad. Awesome. He wasn't ready with the bleep. He was not ready. He's that. dealing with new technology. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was pretty cool. A fun few other ranks that we saw was the 2023 Dallas Business Journal has RO ranked number 14 that's a North Texas GC. Nice. Okay. 14. That's in Dallas. All right. Sweet. That's and then guess, awesome. guess what we ranked in Austin GC. Number one. Close. <laughs> Looks like if you misread it. Whoa. Ranked number seven. Dang. According to the Austin Business Journal. That's pretty sweet. Wow. 
So, and there's a few other rankings, so make sure you check out our social media. Oh, some social media. Uh, okay. uh, but it, I think it was worth sharing. Can Absolutely. I congrats to all of us because that. More claps? A little clap. More claps. Hey, clap, clap, clap. I don't know if Seth is doing clap, clap, clap. That's pretty cool. I mean, that just kind of showcases kind of what we do around here and how people. And now we're being, we're doing well. Yeah, we're, we're rewarded. Yeah. Uh, so, this is an RO award. So, congrats to everyone. Yes. Keep up the good work. Um, but that's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Well, do you want to know more cool things? <laughs> James Donald Holmes does, because it's this week in history. Yay! All right, so I just put everything, lumped everything together. So these things happened this past week, these past seven days until June 8th mm. at various years. I'm not necessarily going to say what dates. So this past week, in 1504, Michelangelo... Um, installed his great work of David. Do you know in what city it was installed? Rome? Close. Well, actually, I don't know how close Florence is to Rome, but it's in Italy. Um, you're in the right country. That's all that matters. Um, oh, you were asking for a country. I don't care. Well, I was, no, I was asking for the city. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's close. Yeah. In 1777, the Continental Congress approved the Stars and Stripes as our national flag. Nice. Exciting. <clears throat> 1939, we took a big leap there. Um, the first players were inducted. We had the first induction ceremony for uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. We had three gentlemen inducted. Do you know who those gentlemen are? I know you love baseball. Uh, one of them has kind of a candy bar named after. Oh, Reese's. Reese's. Mm. <laughs> no, um, Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, and Babe Honus Ruth, Wagner. Honus Wagner. Yeah, there you go. Mm. If you had given me one more second to answer, right, you would have gotten all three. Yes, I appreciate more time next time. Okay. Okay. Uh, 1981, Indiana Jones, the first movie, comes out in theaters. You know the name of that one? Uh, the Roller Boulder. Yep. That is the first scene. But uh, uh, 1991. You know what it's called? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Of course. Everyone knows. It's a blast, though. Of course. Um, Mount Pinatubo begins erupting. Do you know what country Mount Pinatubo is located in? I don't know which country, but I think it's in South America. It's in the Philippines. Oh. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it, started, it was 600 years since it, it was like a 600-year dormancy period. And it started like internal mm -hmm. erupting. Boop. Yeah, well, it wasn't like a boop. It was more of like a, like your tummy started growling kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, this one you'll like, tw 2002, Serena beats her sister, Venus. You know which Grand Slam it was at. You, have, you say this happened in, around this week, Junish? Yeah, I did say this past mm -hmm. week in history. That is the name of the bit. So I would guess, guess, because... It'd be the French Open, because that just ended last Sunday. You are absolutely correct. Wow. Here's another pop question for you. Ooh, turn, hit me. Because the turns have tables now. Ah, uh, do they uh, ever. What's the record between Serena and Venus? <sighs> and who has won the most? I know when they first started, Venus was... She was the top dog. Older sister. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's switched. But I want to say Venus is still above Serena. Mm -hmm. I don't know the actual record. Give me a number. Uh, well, two numbers, really. Five, four. Ooh, Serena leads nine, three. Oh, I was way wrong. Okay, <laughs> moving on. 2002, American Idol debut. 2002. 2002? Yeah. Do you know who the first winner was? I think you do. Oh, I want to say, hmm, well, since you've been gone this whole morning, oh my God, that was I nice. want to say it's Kelly Clarkson. Wow, look at you. So clever. <laughs> Uh, 2009, the UN hosts the first World's Ocean Day, and that's actually two-day um, world day. Mm, I could be wrong. I also heard on the radio it's National New Mexico Day. I don't know why Maybe New Mexico has a national holiday, but <laughs> who knows? 
And in 2010, uh, the World Cup uh, opened in South Africa. Um, and do you know how many times the World Cup had been held in South Africa I don't prior know, to this? More important question, do you know who performed in South Africa? Um, I don't want to use that. I had a little clever bit, but I don't want to say it because uh, it was Shakira, right? It was. Okay. Uh, I'm not I'll tell you later after the show. It's okay. <laughs> pretty funny. Um, but was, it's the first time it's ever been held in Africa. Oh, first nice. Time. Yeah, that was very exciting. Do you know who won the World Cup 2010? Spain? The producers? Yeah, Maine won. Spain? <laughs> yes, those are correct. Yes, I'm getting a lot of nods <laughs> from the two soccer fans. <laughs> uh, excellent. I'm going to RL real quickly. Oh, um, yes. 30 years. 30 years? I think his name's Alan. Do you know an Alan Kudina? I've never heard of never this heard guy. Of him. Yeah, I know. Must be a newbie. Uh, oh, I think he was on the show a while ago. Yeah. Uh, 30 years he celebrated this past week what? at RL. Congrats, Alan. And then 16 years, our own Veronica Emmons. Oh, she's out this week, so she'll have to rewatch us later. Yeah. Shout out. And then lastly, real quick, moving sure, on to I'm this one project. Research. In 2020, the family office headquarters up in, I believe it was Dallas, in the Dallas area. Um, it's a flagship five-story office building, their first office building um, for a high-profile family. You know, keep them confidential. Um, 30,000 square foot parking garage, 22,000 square foot office space, and a 7,400 square foot car showroom. Wow. Gives you a tiny insight into maybe who this family might be. Yeah, um, Honda. But yeah, yeah, the Honda family moved to Texas. <laughs> um, so perhaps there's some images of that, and there are some. Im I'm getting a confirmation. Yes, you yeah, can. Can you see it? it right here? Yeah, it's beautiful. It really is. Yeah, Quite beautiful. Um, but that's it. That's all I got for you and all of you for this past week in history. history. And then keeping on with the hand motions, now yes. it's time for the building around, around the, the world. world sure. Uh, inspired by my recent trip, I figured I could give you some fun airport construction airport? Oh. news. Uh, and I know you traveled to this city many times. Uh, two weeks ago, yeah. But I don't know if you knew that the Denver airport has a $4 billion update happening right now. It did make sense because there was a lot of construction stuff going on when I got there. Yeah, kind of full fun, a few fun facts about this. There's In 22, there were close to 70 million passengers traveling to this airport alone. Really? It covers about 52 square meters, meters uh, and not always developed. So they definitely have some room to grow. Hmm. Uh, and I don't know if you know, but this airport is known for many of its controversies. Like spooky murals, blue horse with the red eyes. Hmm. Uh, but what the... What called? What his name is? Yeah, Lucifer. Lucifer. It's creepy. It is creepy. It is kind of spooky looking. Kind of cool though. behind him. Uh, and then when I bring bad juju to the podcast, it's kind so. of bad juju, so yeah, we'll refrain. We'll refrain. Oh, uh, but speaking of the actual upgrade, it is expanding its capacity to accommodate more passengers and flights. Because I don't know if you've been on the line for security; it's a long oh line. Oh my god, it was. You're right. It's it always was long. There was one time long. I was there. I like the adrenaline rush. I was there only like an hour before my flight, mm. but the line went all the way to the bathroom. My heart was kicking. Uh, <laughs> So it's, the airport's looking to add a few, 39 new gates and three new concourses, concourses, uh, and it's supposed to be energy efficient and sustainable. Sweet. So this expansion project should be completed in 2024, so hopefully next year. Pretty new, yeah. We'll take uh, a trip. Oh, it's grand dude, opening. Dude, let's go. Okay. Just the airport. Yeah, just the airport. Go in, go out. Check day, out Blue Day trip. Day trip. 
Yeah. <laughs> Take a selfie with Lucifer. Well, we could just do a layover there. That's even smarter. Oh, let's do that. Okay. We'll talk after the show. Okay, sure. Uh, one fellow person who I might use this airport is our guest today. Oh, nice. a, I think he's a very good known traveler. Oh, he is. Uh, he's a very special guest. Ah, of course. Uh, some people think he's America's sweetheart. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, I think he might think himself too. Uh, so from, I don't know if you know, a few fun things about him. Uh, from Austin FC to Liverpool to NBA. Except don't ask him about the latest game because he's not happy about it. Uh, we have a real sports aficionado and football fan in the house. That's good because James is a huge football fan too. So that's some great conversation. Well, I mean, you know, you know what they say. Football is life. Of course. So, uh, <laughs> he's a foodie and a groovy fella who likes long walks on Pursuit Beaches. Pursuit. So uh, you can find him on the back of the office on his new office. Uh, he loves also, he loves good Latin cycling classes. So don't be surprised if you see him <laughs> tapping that foot or busting a move to Rosalia or Bad Bunny. Oh. Do you know this artist? Uh, I know the, the latter, yeah. You heard it all last weekend, I think so. Fun fact. Uh, but thankfully I've had the honor of working with him many times and I can't wait to see what he has to say. Miami might have Mr. Worldwide, but we have our own fireball hotshot in this room. So it's my honor to introduce Mr. Nelson Sands. Yay, Nelson. After this commercial. I've always been more of a Taco Cabana guy, I guess. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Mr. Nelson Sands. Hi. Thank you so much for making your way over from the other side of the office. All the way down. Yeah. It's funny. Some yeah. of these folks are making it in from Houston or Dallas. It's uh -huh. a three, four hour drive and they, yeah. they show up for this hour of talking. And you, you, you have the benefit of just the in my code a couple times to get all the way over here but... all through two doors well thank you so much for cutting some time out of your of very busy day to hang out with us and pleasure to be here look forward to letting everyone know a little bit more about nelson a little bit more about pre-construction i know we had a uh, max kogan on a couple months back mm -hmm. but other than that we haven't had anyone from that that realm yeah a lot of uh a lot of ops people somehow vdc gets a, a lot of rep time a lot of screen time but uh I think there's a lot to be learned on that front, but we'll we'll dig into that here shortly. First question for you, sir, is what do you love about RO? Oh. Well, number one, and obviously it's the people, um, the people that I get to work with um, on a daily basis. You know, I didn't know that when I started here, but that's become like the main, the number one reason for for sticking around. I need to move this a little closer. Turn it. Hello? Better? Okay. Yeah, the people. I mean, the people are great. Um, and I love how RO like makes a serious commitment to investing in the people um, and really developing um, developing folks, not just in kind of the technical aspects of, of, of what we do, but kind of a well-rounded, uh, you know, whatever you want, soft skills or whatever we want to call it like that. There's just so much of an investment on that that I've personally benefited from tremendously over the last, you know, almost 12 years. Um, and and I love how, I said this in the, uh, the RO Connect video, I love how they support you. If you want to do something, you say this, you know, this is the direction I want to go or this is a, a project I want to take on or a, a department I want to create. You know, they fully support that and, and, and give you the resource and say, yeah, go, you know, do you and, and, and find ways to bring value and all that. So, yeah, I think 
in the modern day, that's the only way you can hold on to good employees. Yeah. There's yeah. too many opportunities to go make crazy money doing X, Y, or Z, right. whether it be in construction or elsewise. There aren't that many employers that are willing to trust their employees enough to say, hey, you know what? You want to do that? You think it's a good idea? Okay. We're going we're gonna to empower you. We're going to give you our corporate level of resources and all of our institutional and domain knowledge and let you run with something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just such a, such a rarity. Yeah. But, it's great. I mean, it definitely, like, when leadership talks about those things, you know, like they mean it, right? There's, there's real backing to it. So. For sure. Yeah. It's, uh, man, yeah, the people, that's, uh, we're just going to someday take a clip of, of everyone just saying the people, the people, people, the, people. it's going to be like yeah. an hour long right. of just people saying the people, the people, the people, the people, the people, uh, that, that'll be fun. That's for some other date. Uh, so what is your current role at RO? Those that aren't familiar. All right. So my current role title is a pre-construction director. So I'm in the pre-construction department. Um, it is uh, it is different than director of pre-construction. So Tim Tim still heads the uh, the Austin San Antonio pre-construction team, um, but it's kind of so functionally, it's sort of a, think of it as like a project director in operation. So you know you're you're kind of at a level where you're handling multiple projects and you're serving as more of the day-to-day contact with the owner. Um, still on the mostly on the pre-construction side, um, I'm much more involved on on the pursuits, kind of that sort of the business development strategy behind going after certain type of projects and and developing those relationships with the owners, with the design team early on and and serving as that that main point of contact um, throughout pre-construction as we head into then into operations and that transition to the to building the job. So there's yeah. obviously a lot in there. I mm-hmm. just said a lot of words, yeah. yeah. Ton going on. If you had to kind of break down your as normal of a day to day as a human can have in the AEC industry, yeah, what does it look like? You come in, are you you on the phone all day just listing bids, or are you hammering out emails about contracts and stuff? Yeah, I'm, what? no, there is no, there isn't really a typical day. I mean, I think that's um, one of the reasons that I was drawn into pre construction to begin with is so much more dynamic on the on you know being involved on the front end from putting together a uh, conceptual budget. Somebody has got a, you know, roughed out a floor plan and said, I want, you know, I want to build a 400,000 square foot office and this many floors and this, the height, blah, blah, blah. Just kind of, what do you think this costs me on a, you know, per square foot kind of doing that stuff. And, um, so there, there's that aspect of it. There's, you know, again, like the technical stuff and, and there are days where you're just in there, you are kind of working in drawings, putting together budgets or, or bids or whatever it is. And, Doing your quantity takeoffs and calling up trade partners and say, "Hey, I need some help. Can you give me a, you know, can you take a look at this? I need a number next week." And I'm doing a lot of that. Um, but again, my day to day involves a lot of on the pursuit side and championing those pursuits. So it's it's working with with marketing, it's working with VDC, it's working with with Ash and the quality team and kind of all those parts and pieces putting together. So there are days where I feel like I've touched three or four different projects and have feel like I've accomplished absolutely nothing. Um, and then there are days where I just kind of, you know, put my headphones in and just grind out some work and, um, you know, just kind of reset a little bit. And so it's, it's pretty, pretty varied. You mentioned the kind of whole pre-con approach to things, working out those numbers and yeah. figuring out that just 
order of magnitude how much things are going to work out to be and yeah. pulling those groups together to get the critical bits of information is kind of what pulled you into pre-con. What is it about that that you find so interesting? Is it the the opportunity to sculpt how a project gets built? Is it more on the working with people and seeing some organizations or uh, companies' needs fulfilled? Or yeah, what, no, what it's, it's all of that. It's all of that. I mean, being being on the front end very early on, you do get to impact and influence a lot of those decisions. Um, you know, owners, you know, trying to figure out what works for their budget, um, what's the best, what's going to be the most effective use of a space and all that stuff. So you're, you're analyzing, constantly looking at multiple options, um, you know, at a point where it, it's easier to do if they're still, you know, if you're six months from the substantial completion and they're still thinking about options and all that, then, <laughs> then uh, that's a little more, little bit more complicated right but um so yeah i like that i like that um seeing seeing those things evolve from this early idea and this vision and and kind of working through all those hurdles and everything so that's yeah i love that and and, and again just being able to piece every all the different components together that you get to do. that's that's kind of where where i that's the most pleasure i get out of it and where i thrive is is in is in working like that collaboratively pulling all these different parties together which makes sense you said it's very similar to a project director on mm -hmm. the operation side of things yeah. just it's on a, a condensed timeline and yeah. Yeah. slightly less committal i suppose what yeah. what do you think is the most underappreciated thing that happens in the pre-construction process oh underappreciated i mean i guess you know i think oh, there's a funny word so i, lo I love that you're saying pre-construction right because i think in Traditionally in the past, you know, estimator, estimating is a word that gets thrown around. And that's very, I feel that's a very narrow kind of um, sort of definition of what we're doing. Like we're, and being on the front end, we're, we're the first line of defense as, as we're managing the risk on a project, right? We're looking for things and saying like, okay, the way this is being built, you know, and again, this, we're working with, with quality team, constructability is like, hey, there's this detail work. Like, how do we need to, what do we need to put in the budget to make sure that all these parts and pieces and stuff are covered, um, managing our, our risk, our contingencies and kind of stuff like that. Um, so I, I don't know if that's underappreciated, um, but it's more than, than just counting, right? Counting and plugging in a number and like pencil whipping together a, a budget, right? Like it's thinking through all those things and really um, working through how something's gonna be built and put together and, and you know, pulling in Hey, on a past job, you know, we got, we got killed on, on, you know, on these, in these units where we got the exposed decks and had to grind all those things before we could float them and all that stuff. And like, Hey, let's make sure that on the next one, we're, we're accounting for that and caring enough so that we're, we're setting up our operations teams to win. Right. Gotcha. So a lot of just kind of almost that the, the comprehensive approach of pre-construction, not the fact that it's not just yeah. rounding numbers off and figuring out. Yeah, I say, I mean, I say holistic, right? And, and I get told this kind of maybe a little bit of a corny way to, to put it, but that's really what it is, you know? It's, it's a multi-pronged approach and trying to get to the, again, just building that foundation for the, for the success of the project. It's very awesome of you to call it holistic. <laughs> I, I love that. It's beautiful. And I, yeah, whatever I said undervalued, I was just thinking of yeah. what, what people may not be uh, as aware of. Uh, 
Didn't yeah, I think, so. yeah, for sure. Like, there, you know, a lot of times when we're, you know, we're getting ready to go to GMP and we're bringing in some ops folks to help on that. And, and they, they see a, a small snippet of what we do and, and kind of think, oh, man, that's, that's brutal. I, I would never want to do that. Right? I think there's, <laughs> um, you know, I came up through operations. That was my, my, my previous life. So having that experience is, is crucial for being successful in pre-construction. I also think it would be great for a lot of our operations folks to have some have a little bit of experience in in the pre-construction the estimating side and kind of seeing how how that all goes together would be a benefit to them as well so sure both ways some of those folks that are uh, hanging out on the bench for a couple of months wait yeah. for their project to start yeah. Why, don't you, yeah why don't you stop by and get a don't get a taste yeah that's yeah. you mentioned being out doing operations type things prior to your current role uh, in pre-construction yeah. was that with ro is that somewhere else no it was um it was pre-ro um so my my career path is kind of it's kind of unique T- take us uh, through it a bit okay well i uh was born in miami yeah. so i went i went to i went to mit for undergrad um because i was good at math in high school and i said you should be an engineer all right cool i didn't know what an engineer did really but i went and and i realized kind of you know way through that it wasn't what i didn't want to spend time working like in a lab or you know in in academia right so i kind of ended up on a path i'd done a couple summer co-ops with wr grace doing um, construction product testing on different concrete admixtures and all this other stuff and i said oh you know that's construction um i could go work in construction management um for a few years and then i'll go to business school and then i'll go i'll figure it out and so I started with, uh, with Turner Construction in Boston. Um, stayed there for six years. Um, kind of started out on the, in the field, and then things kind of went a little sideways with the, uh, with the market and ended up doing um, estimating. I, I was moved into pre-construction. I was an assistant estimator for about a year and a half. So I got a taste of how that all worked. Um, then I went out. I did a couple things. was on a big project at, at MIT. Um, did another couple jobs and decided I wanted to move into the special projects or their interiors group. So I asked for that move. I went in and kind of worked my way up as a, a project manager for for TI work. Um, moved down to Austin in 2007 to follow my now wife, oh. uh, Sandra, who had come down here for law school. Um, came with Turner and just, you know, kind of, between Austin and San Antonio, did a bunch of different things. Um, eventually, we parted ways, and and I ended up at RO. Uh, I knew Alan Kadina. Happy thirtieth, Alan. <laughs> um, and he brought me in. He said, "You know, like this is this is an opportunity we have. Um, let me know what you think." They were they needed somebody to do um, BIM work, VDC for. Uh, for a third and Brazos for our, our wow. first, our first multifamily venture here as RO in Austin. Um, I was like, well, I've never, I've never worked in that kind of stuff. I've never even done CAD, <laughs> but um, sure, I'll figure it out. So I went up to Dallas, got trained in, in Revit, did the whole structural model for that thing, used it for coordination for all the stuff, um, and that. So that role lasted about a year. Um, before Christine Crescheng was was brought in to really kind of grow that department yes. here in Austin. So you predated um, Chris with mm-hmm. the VDC stuff in I Austin. Did. 
I, over a year. Wow. Yeah. Um, so at that point then, it was like, all right, you know, let's, that was a fun, a fun little dalliance. Um, <laughs> and, and then, you know, we, we didn't really know what, kind of what I wanted to do. I thought, let's, let's give pre-con a try again. Because I enjoyed using that part of my skill set, that kind of the analytical part and that I, I remember doing that and I thought it would be probably be the right fit for me here. And that was, you know, 20, end of 2012, start of 2013. And here we are 10 years plus later. It kind of, I guess it worked out. I, I think so. Yeah. You're here and you're yeah. saying you like the people you work with. So yeah. I think they like me, most of them. Most of them. <laughs> so. Let's not do it. You know, yeah. raise your hand. Right here. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, that's, that is. Yeah. A hell of a ride. Yeah. Let's figure like lots of little little stops of picking up tools for the tool belt, right? Like just like I don't I'm not gonna model anything right now. I'm not gonna get in there and run a coordination meeting, but I but I know enough about what it takes to do that and kinda like what the VDC specialists working on um on a job with me during pre con is going through and what kind of stuff they need and, and like what what we can actually pull out of a model and when we can and kind of stuff. So like knowing that I feel like and it was, I'm glad I had that in my. Yeah, I think there's that, you know, that Dunning-Kruger curve and you, you have that first valley where you, you realize you don't know anything. And I think the more areas, subject matters you can get into the bottom of that valley on, the better off you're going to be yeah. as a whole. Yeah, You can't master everything. But if you can at least understand the challenges and capabilities of that thing, mm -hmm. have an awareness of, what it can and can't do, that's going to pay huge dividends for you, uh, whether it be something work related or personal or you know, construction, engineering, banking, whatever. Right. More kind of that breadth of knowledge allows you to yeah. analyze things from that uh, holistic point of view. That's right. <laughs> Word of the day. What did you study over at MIT? We were over there in a uh, co course six or uh, course twenty five. Course three. Course, course three. Three, three B. Uh, material science and engineering, um, which literally is the study of all the different materials and their properties and how applied. So it's kind of a mix of some mechanical, some, some chemical engineering, some electrical engineering, all those kinds of bits and pieces all put together. Um, I liked, I liked it or what drew me to that, that course was, um, that it was a broader a approach to things instead of super deep dive into one topic, you'd kind of like get surface, but picking up again, a pretty, just a broad, Sort of exposure to, to all sorts of different things whether you know you wanted to get into you know at the time when i was leaving and and since then it became more of a focus on like biomaterials and all that stuff but you yeah know, you could pick up and then do whatever you want sandra was also material science um first three yeah did you two meet at, at MIT. Uh, MIT. Mm -hmm. oh yep. wow i didn't yep. know that and now she's a lawyer right so she's kind of like but you you take that that engineering approach to to problem solving to everything like that. That's something I'll, again, so glad I have that. And that's one of those skill sets that transfers over to, to every role, every position. If you're an analytical thinker and a problem solver, you're going to be able to figure out whatever the title may be, identify those weak yeah. spots, find ways to resolve them, or at least be aware of them, work around them, yeah. theoretically. Yeah. At least know how to approach the problem, maybe yeah. solve it, but yeah. That's half the challenge, right? It's just knowing what is the problem. Yeah. How often do we look at something that's not going well and say, "Oh, the 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 problem is the delivery didn't get here on time." 
well, why didn't delivery get here on time? Well, because nobody told them when to get here. So it wasn't a problem with the delivery or with the delivery company. It was a problem with communication. Yeah. But so many folks will just stop at that first layer and say, oh, that's, that's what it is. And you go through that 5Y process. I can't remember where I'm taking that from, Six Sigma or Toyota or whomever it is. Yeah. Uh, but you go through that and kind of take that engineering mindset to whatever issue you encounter, and you've got a, a much better chance of figuring it out than a person Absolutely. who kind of takes a surface level effects and says, well, I guess that's our, that's our issue. Yeah. Let's fix that, and it'll be good. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, MIT. That's a beautiful campus. up. Was that river? Um, Charles. Charles River. Charles. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it was great. Like, I'll tell you, MIT was hard, you know. <laughs> I don't think was, anyone needed to. Uh, we we assume that as much. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a grind. Um, it's not like these Texas, you know, UT state school kids. It's not a party school. I mean, you know, good times were had, but it was it was it was hard. Um, but yeah, the the community there is also it's it's not as cutthroat as as like you would think a place like that would be. Like everyone wants to kind of work together and be a, be a team and, and kind of help. Do you think those experiences somewhat shaped your approach to leading people and managing and all those types of things uh, yeah. where you are today? 100%. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, you know, I think back about that time and, and kind of what, what some of the challenges were, what, why it was so hard for me. It was kind of not knowing how to, how to ask for help, how to get help, right? So I was like, I was in there and I was just like, they, they it's a fire hose, right? And they're just like inundating you. And I was so overwhelmed. I was like, I just got to get through this and kind of like get into it and work through it on my own. And that was the, the complete wrong way to approach it, right? I, ne I never knew really how to ask for help. And so that's like, I've taken that lesson and, and I want to be able to, you know, in anyone that's working with me or, you know, anyone else on the team, like, do you actually get it? Do we actually know what we're doing? Like, am I, am I clear? Are we like, you understand where we're going where do you need help like how can we and like really find those those opportunities where somebody either doesn't know that they don't know or is afraid to to confess that they don't know and and ask for help but you know kind of knowing that and offering that that mentorship and that that opportunity for for teaching and, and, and helping them grow so yeah that came from that oh that's so, yeah beautiful output of that university even if it wasn't necessarily the uh, course of study, I think that, that that's yeah. something that you can, you're probably not going to go teach uh, material science classes and pass on your knowledge there. No. But you can't take your uh, <laughs> No, your no, no, no. It was the, uh, the two semesters of Italian and the social psych class that I took that boosted, got my GPA up to a respectable. <laughs> uh, it was not the engineering classes, for sure. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. It's, schools, those East Coast schools are, are interesting. Yeah. Um, so what, what do you like to do for, for fun? You're, you're an MIT grad. You're from Miami. You're living in Austin from Boston. Yeah. Uh, you, you have a, a wonderful attorney of a wife. What, wh where would people catch you guys out on the weekends yeah. on, on the down days? Um, man, we do a lot of, uh, eating and drinking like, so might be a brewery during the day or at, you know, at house wine doing a wine tasting thing or, and then wherever, you know, any number of, of fantastic 
Austin restaurant dining options that we have, you know, Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday, an early dinner somewhere, you know, but it's a school night, so we can't stay out too late. Um, but yeah, no, other than that, I mean, we, we like to be somewhat active. I mean, we're not like the craziest, most insane active people, but we're out there, you know, go for um, a walk or run down on the trail and by the, the river, the lake, whatever you, <laughs> you call it. Yeah. Um, you know, do our uh, Peloton rides and workouts like Bruno alluded to. Um, yeah, we just like to be out and doing stuff. Um, when we get a chance to, the travel is something, you know, we, we actually, since, uh, since COVID hit, we haven't done too many big trips, but we got one coming up in July that we're excited about. So just to get back into that, because I apparently had that reputation. Like, there's, there's, <laughs> Bit of a globetrotter. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we did. Um, it was mostly due to Sandra's work. She was traveling all over the place internationally. And um, so she had a super secret crazy status on American. So, you know, like get upgrades all the time and even got picked up. I like get off the plane, get picked up in an Escalade, taken to our next gate kind of stuff. So, you know, that made traveling kind of kind of pretty, uh, pretty plush. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. No one's going to complain so, about that one. No, right? no. So you get spoiled, though. Once you once you fly a international business class, it's a it's a different back. Yeah, tough to go back. So, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of it. We you know we have a fair amount of free time like on the weekends. So generally we oh also watching Liverpool games. So football games, Liverpool games. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, okay. Those are plan my weekends around those. Oh gosh, yeah. I'm trying to remember which one uh, Alan was a fan of. Yeah, was also it? Liverpool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you've got some uh, camaraderie building mm-hmm. over those games occasionally. Yeah. Yep. You mentioned going out, eating out. Sounds like every night of the week. I mean, you cook. We cooked at, at home, and during the week, it's just more of a on the weekends thing. It's just the way of the world. Really we have it recorded, but yeah. Uh, if you had some re- get, if you had to give some recommendations on restaurants, what what would be like your top two? Uh, I I think pound for pound, Odd Duck is my favorite restaurant in Austin. Um, you like fans in the back, yeah, you're getting some cheers yeah, from the production yeah. crew over yeah. there. <laughs> um, Suerte is also one that 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 I take take folks to from anytime <laughs> they come in out of town. Uh, Red Ash, if you want something. Oh yeah. So over the top and decadent and not in any way good for you, but it's that's a good spot to go. Um man, I could think of so many. But shout out to Terry Black's yeah. best barbecue in town. The barbecue? Is that uh it's I it's it's been some years since I've been there. Um back when they had the trailer here on, on the yeah, South first. Yeah. I remember going there with Joseph, Joseph Francis back when we were still uh, still doing some R&D for our future endeavors for the RO Prime. That's right. We didn't even touch on that. I yeah. totally forgot that you are like a key member. I wouldn't say a key member at this point. I'm, you know, I was, I was there at the inception of it. Um, I still serve on a consulting kind of arrangement. Um, but Joseph, Joseph and his team, you know, and Harold, and Nick and all those guys, they got it down. They're putting together some incredible events for hundreds of people. For those that aren't familiar, what is the the RO Prime? Uh, t- do you call it a, a team? I guess a, a RO Prime group. Yeah, it's a, a team. It's a family. 
family our prime family it's uh it's our barbecue our traveling barbecue setup where we do you know events on job sites topping out or you know whatever other kind of lunches and stuff like that or, or also uh competitions you know like the the austin the rodeo barbecue thing or the abc agc kind of events and all that stuff so um joseph joseph spends a lot of time iterating that the the rig and kind of evolving to to be able to produce I don't know how many pounds of, of, of brisket and ribs and all that stuff we go through on one of these events, but it's a lot. I was going to say, it's a lot. Yeah, he opens yeah. up that yeah. grill there, and it's yeah. just, I mean, corner to corner stuffed with brisket and sausage and chicken and mm-hmm. lots of beans and oh, yeah. gumbo and all that. It's it's something else. Cool. Yeah, that's if, if, if anyone's out there that has not been to a, a topping out or rodeo or whatever event with gotta go. RO Prime team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, when you're also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you, you might have backed off the barbecue a wee bit. Yeah, but you are still a, a bit of a legendary kickball coach, <laughs> Co- coach or captain. Uh, I think I was more of a coach. I let Lily really captain captain that, but you know, I was there to support her. Yeah. Was, you know, <laughs> never want to take credit for that. Um, played a couple seasons, and then I just had to. Uh, step aside for the younger generation to come up come up or they push you out of the way kind of they said yeah <laughs> so hey, no no no, no. So, dude, yeah, yeah we'll, 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 we'll go, bat for go, you go on this first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll definitely listen to you oh goodness that's funny that is, it's fun to think about just all those uh you know you mentioned the people and um you know just the familial environment and all yeah. that like you think of all these things it's like yeah it's a it's not just the work environment you know what i mean it's not just in the office that it's uh family-like and enjoyable to be around those people it's while you're out barbecuing it's whenever you go to an austin fc game it's whenever you're playing kickball with people uh that yeah it's yeah. people you want to spend time around even outside sure. of work which isn't isn't common in my past experiences um if you had to pick <clears throat> i'm sure we'll get some descending opinions here okay uh if you had to pick the best austin festival we've got mm. south by yeah acl fun 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 fest uh eeyore's birthday um never been a year's birthday never done that no 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 believe it or not that's it's surprising <laughs> um uh i would so i would say my favorite probably is the uh, food and wine festival again going back to the just they did it down six, right? No, that, uh, have it like in the Butler Park area, Longstar oh, Auditorium okay. Shores yeah, area, yeah. I guess. Um, I've been in a few years, but that one, man, you get <laughs> you get a lot, you get to taste a lot of wines and <laughs> and other spirits and all that, and so that's a fun time. Um, ACL probably also great. Um, couple couple years ago, one of the uh, interns in marketing. Um, recommended that I get one of the little hydration packs. Like a, a camelback? Mm-hmm. Yep. Game changer. <laughs> so now I know how to survive ACL at my age. It's hydration uh, pack, uh, liquid IVs and Advil and Isonies when you get back home and, and you can do it. You can do all three days. Yeah. I've got this feeling, uh, and maybe I'm off, but I, I 
feel like she was probably putting something other than water in the camelback maybe i i think she, you know we'd have, ask, we'd have to ask her i guess had but... had to uh had to adapt to the user the contents of the package uh-huh. yeah. oh see i've got to defer from you on that okay I, i'm not convinced that people are enjoying acl anymore oh i just it's been years it's gotten too since... big yeah I, mean, I think the two weekend thing is is weird i didn't love that that move but um it felt like i went we went this last year felt less crowded right just because of that maybe so that's probably not the worst thing again yeah and when i'm in when you're in a certain age demographic you know the less crowded maybe the better but that's <laughs> i don't think you're that much older than i am I'd be surprised oh, man. we can we can just drink a lot of later. water drink a lot of water hey how about camelback keeping you alive uh if you were given a hundred million dollars cash legitimate cash no no weird strings attached or anything like that what what, what are you doing oh man <sighs> like how i gave you a list of questions and then we used, yeah like, no these are them. completely yeah. out of left field yeah, sorry uh well i would donate 99 million <laughs> oh um you're just sweetheart after you're done lying to the press about what she did what yeah. are you gonna do with the actual money i have? mean you know the, the travel as much travel as we've done there's still so many places in the world that i haven't into and, and you know you get to spend like you know you go a week 10 days in italy and you hit up you know, you're in florence or Coast and rome and all that and you're not really like living it right like as much as you try to as much as you want to not do touristy things right you're not you want to be able to like live and you almost need to have a, a contact in country like someone that can yeah help you around to some yeah. degree yeah because it's tough to i mean i think of just if you go, if you were to drop me off at a random town in Texas, told me like go somewhere that isn't the tourist spot, I'd be like, I don't know, like yeah. Denny's, I guess, I don't know, like what? <laughs> I don't yeah. know what's here, right? You know what I mean? The, yeah. the the things that are the tourist type of attractions are what is well known. So to your point, like trying to go there and actually experience, like what is an actual day yeah. like yeah. down in Sicily? Like it's tough to to do if you don't have someone to be like, oh, like. This is the farmer's market we go to and grab food. And then we go home and spend the next eight hours cooking up, yeah. cooking up gravy for the macaroni. Uh, you know, so it's kind of, it's, it's tough to do on a short time scale. And especially without that connect. Yeah. Yeah. So that would probably be, you know, just the freedom to go wherever we want for however long we want. Do you have, uh, you know, Misandra have any bucket list places that you're like, oh, yeah. you got to get there. Tons. Tons. I mean, I would say one, and a couple of trips that, that we've been talking about doing one is um this one's on her list and we were trying to get it together last year and didn't so still on the list is egypt i always wanted to go do that whole experience um and then go down to uh, mendoza in argentina also yeah. spend that time just again the wineries and all that stuff's common theme just like to drink wine and eat good food right um with Egypt, you guys trying to go to Cairo and the pyramids and all that, or is that more pyramids? Right, one of those cruises down the Nile, yeah. different places. I don't even know. There's so many things to do, but yeah, that's uh, I've I've never been, but I I'd, I'd I'd love to go. It seems like one of those uh, truly breathtaking yeah. experiences. Yeah. I've 
Like, you hear people say, like, oh, did you go see this? It's breathtaking. I saw this breathtaking. It's like, is it really, though? Yeah. Like, did you actually gasp? Like, were you actually like, <gasps> yeah. it's like laugh out loud? Be like, how many times do people actually laugh out loud when they type or say, I laughed out loud? Pretty sure it's less than like a half of a percent Definitely of the time. Not all the time. No, almost never. But I would imagine like seeing those pyramids, it's just like, oh, yeah. Like that it, humans built. It's wild, yeah. Like without cranes? What? <laughs> Allegedly without cranes? Humans. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly humans. Yeah. God, now I'm trying to remember who it was that we had on. We were talking about that not too long ago. Was it anybody? No? All right. Well, <laughs> sorry to whomever that was talking about pyramids and humans building them or yeah. how they got the uh i think it was down in south america where they got these blocks to fit together perfectly can't fit a, a sheet of paper between them but i can't remember who that tolerance. was tolerance and that no, no none yeah really good pre-construction team That's right, right. They, they they really yeah. set the expectations yeah. and then the ops team held yeah. them to it yeah which coming back to some of your more work-related things there whenever you go through and you, know, you have this project you're pursuing and like said so you're on the front end with the the pursuit effort and the estimating effort and the constructability review effort is all this pre-construction lifespan yeah do you see the relationship evolve from that first time you talk to a trade partner about a project up until the point in time where they're collecting their last check and punching out well one of the benefits of pre-construction is everything is really happy <laughs> you know they're all their trade partners are you know everyone's going in the same direction they want this job to happen you know they're willing to help and 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 do whatever we ask of them and say hey price this job four different times and you know they're changing their mind again and let's and they're all like you know we got again we have really good partners um and we rely we need that we need those relationships. Like we need that information. We can't do this on our own, right? Um, once you actually get to to building the job, like things don't always go perfectly smoothly, and um, and that's a different. You know, I know operations lives in 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 that space, and that's kind of you know that's a much that's different. All sorts of different challenges. Um, you know, we pride ourselves on on the pre-con to operations. Um, transition not being like hey toss it over the fence and you know good luck with that we're we're working with them it's it is more of a, a attempted to be a seamless transition but the trade partners you know that we're working with and on their you know on their front end their estimators and all that might not be the same ones uh on the job and there could be there's always going to be miscommunications and all that stuff and everyone's got to work through that um you know i think we're, we have a reputation for, for treating our trade partners well, and for the most part, they want to continue to work with us. Um, but there's a, you know, there is a, every job has its challenges. Um, we're getting constant feedback through, through the ops teams and you know, the PSS meetings or, or with Alan coming and meeting with us once, uh, you know, monthly or every other month to just kind of report out on, on who are the ones that are doing particularly well that we really should be trying harder to, to, you know, get, get more work with and make sure that they're looking at our stuff and all that. And ones that, Hey, maybe they're, they're struggling a bit for different reasons, capacity or whatever it is and, or challenges in management and whatever. And maybe we need to just kind of uh, pump the brakes a little bit with them. So that's, yes, it, it evolves, it changes and we get constant feedback, but then, uh, 
helps us you know, set up operations with the best team possible to start. So. If there was one thing that you'd like to see the trade partners change during that pre-construction process, what, what would you most prefer to see them change? What would be most beneficial for them to change or adapt to or uh, consider while doing putting together their their bids and all that uh yeah i mean i i that's a that's a tough question i'd have to think about that um i'd say one thing i'd like you know for a lot of them know a lot of them are aware and they, they even know they say look we know that we're just budgeting and any help you need you guys are always on your top priority for us and we're always going to come out and and help you um some folks give us a number and they expect like an award right off of that like, <laughs> hey man that was a dd budget the job never happened or 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 we competed for it we didn't get it like i'm sorry you know you don't get a hundred percent like reward every yeah. <laughs> just for um for putting a budget to something so nothing's probably nothing's guaranteed yeah there those are conver tough conversations we sometimes have to have with with some folks who get frustrated and I think we have a uh, a live uh, studio question that we're going to hear from Dr. Hagen Fritz here. Okay. This is from Bruno CS. He asks, "What project win has been the most memorable?" Oh wow! Most memorable project win. And with your you know ten plus years at RO, that's uh, I feel like you've. Ten really good years, I think, too. At our, I mean, think of the we've had student housings, hotels, uh -huh. data centers, chicken farms. Uh. Yeah, chicken farms. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't work on that one. Um, that's someone else's silo. <laughs> um, no, I think uh, if I had like this is a weird one. It's, it's from so long ago. It was uh, the Domain Eight uh, office with Endeavor. And, and I just remember that one being what really kind of um, like ignited the fire on, on pursuits for me, right? Of, of going in and it was like, we're, they sent out basically CDs, like just ready to build, bid it. Um, but knowing that they were over budget and then going in with the approach of, all right, these are the numbers we got. Like, let's figure out how to save you a bunch of money and let's present that and let's go through that. And, and it was the first time I remember that kind of service and approach being the differentiator that got us a job. And it was, it was an important one. It was, you know, first one, as far as I know, with Endeavor, which then we've done. Oh, really? Continued to do, you know, repeat work with them. Um, and Don Bullock over there still talks you know, about that stuff. Like, that's, he wants his pre-construction done that same way every time because he remembers what we did back in 2015, right? So that was the one that really just kind of, I think, set me on the path of, of trying to figure out how to be more strategically involved on, on pursuits and, and how to, you know, how to bring real value. Again, it's not, just, it's not just reporting to an owner. This is what the market says this is worth, right? It's thinking through about, like, how, how best to help them win, right? How to make this... this job a reality and and sometimes budgets are a real is a real competition i gotta figure out how to get there so so that one main eight that was a yeah. that a braylon and Kennedy? braylon and Kennedy? troy and troy that's yeah, right yeah Man. Um, susan i think was on that one yeah 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 that's uh 
uh, tail end of that one whenever I came on board. So oh, I yeah. Yeah. have to go walk through it and see see the beautiful handiwork, yeah. everyone. Beautiful yeah. building. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I think we have time for... Any more questions? We really have two more. Okay. Are there any more questions out there on the... Live? Uh, well, we'll, well, we'll go two more. Okay. Uh, well, the first of the last two is, would you rather be remembered by everyone or remembered by no one? Um, who would want to be remembered by no one? Two answers. Who would want to be remembered by everyone? No, but okay, under right, such so, a microscope. Yeah, like every yeah, 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 footfall yeah, yeah. you okay. made would be analyzed and reviewed yeah. and discussed. Yeah. That's fair. I, I it's a lot of anxiety if you know you're gonna be remembered by everyone, right? Yeah. But then it you remember no kinda one. yeah, it sounds kinda kinda sad and dark to not be remembered by anyone. It does. But I'd probably, you know, I'll cheat and I'll say that it's somewhere in the middle, right? I'd like to be remembered by everyone that I've been able to have an impact on, right? So it's not absolutely everyone in the world. I don't wanna have necessarily have done something good or bad where everyone knows who i am but um but you know it's important for me to to know that i'm that i'm impacting folks right and, and whether it's you know whether it's just a, a teaching moment or or just something you know that they say that that dude like he works hard and he knows his he knows his stuff and um is a high standard or something like that just like have that impact and be remembered as that that would be great i'd much rather that Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Not going to press any more for that one. Uh, last question for you here, Mr. Sands. If you have to give young Nelson some advice, what would you tell young Nelson? Okay. Um, first, I would say if it's, if it's blue and after midnight, you probably shouldn't be drinking it. <laughs> and then yeah. the real advice, um, I'd say uh, probably, you know, again, going back to those knowing how to knowing when you need and when you need help and how to ask for it and and not being too proud to 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 admit that you need help that would have if i'd learned that lesson 10 15 years before i before i actually did that would have been probably pretty impactful for me so and you still got to where you're at today so just imagine where it would be 15 years from now with 15 years of that knowledge behind you retired retired yeah. well mr sands this was I, I had a lot of fun with this i feel like yeah. we could keep going for another like two three four hours um save for you know maybe a, a restaurant four o'clock but i'm good until then <laughs> so. i just don't know how many people would listen to it at that point try to keep these to an hour but thank you again for for yeah, coming over I, I, you gave us some fantastic insights to pre-construction what that world looks like and uh i, I learned about nelson that's, that's what you know i've said it countless times i feel like the luckiest person in our own because i get to spend an hour every week just talking to people and learning a, yeah, a bit more about cool. cool thank you for having me man yeah thanks yeah. to everyone out there that jumped on board today uh next week we'll have uh raul uh olivas out of uh san antonio on from one to two on wednesday as as always uh, get your AI challenge ideas in. Uh, that's going for another two weeks-ish. Um, I think there's like four or five of them. Those can be real short. You don't like, this doesn't need to be anything elaborate. It should take you no more than like two to five minutes tops to get an idea in there. It could be something as simple as, hey, I use this prompt a lot. It saves me time. Or you could go to the other end of things and say, hey, I think we should have 
an AI-based camera system that tracks materials to prevent theft or something. I don't know. Go go wild with it. Um, this will be out on Apple and Spotify uh, Monday morning. And, uh, you know, words from Nelson, ask for help. Don't don't think you know everything. You don't need to. We know you don't know everything. Ask somebody <laughs> We're for on help. to you. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Thank you all. Thank you, Nelson. Okay.